0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook and use promo code RTRS. I'm brought to you by By Nature Pet Foods, home of the Soft Shit Award, slow-cooked with superfusion. Use code 20RTRS at Chewy or Amazon for $20 off, no, 20% off your first order. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of The Process, processrealtor.com, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. Get your vodka and vodka sodas. statesidevodka.com on the show today there's a former all-star point guard number one pick who wants out of his current team will the sixers go get him we will talk about that before we get going happy birthday to tyler tyler's uh i say lovely i assume she's lovely she she's doing this for tyler girlfriend samantha emailed us they moved to north carolina Tyler subjects her to the podcast while they are in the car all the time, and she wanted to make sure that we wished him a 25th, happy 25th birthday. Happy birthday, Tyler. And uh, also another shout out, um, a good friend of mine, another huge Ricky fan is getting deployed to Niger in a few weeks. His name is Deacon Lyle. He's a surgeon in the Air Force. He's stationed out in St. Louis with his wife right now, and listening to the pod is always part of staying part of the Philly community while they're away there's any way you'd be able to give him a super quick shout out wish him luck during the episode he would really get a kick out of it good luck in niger thank you for all you do deacon lyle um we appreciate it without any further ado amos and the chef Welcome to the Right's Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with another guy who should have been selected before Evan Turner. That is Mike Levin.
1: Uh, I think the first thing we should talk about
0: is not on the rundown. Mm. It's very important. Uh, I love the surprise. Yes. I, the surprise being that you looked at the rundown. So that's I was looking at the rundown. I see oh, it. Okay. All I always right. have it up. Okay. All right. So, uh, the... so what are we talking about?
1: Well, the most important thing that's happened lately is that uh, Keith Pompey managed to himself the main character of nine eleven, And I oh. thought that was such a delight. I, Keith has always been very nice to me. I like Keith a lot. It's just a back-to-back one-two combination of one of the funnier things to happen. The direct T V thing has gotten
0: more play, which is a fun ad read oh, that Keith did. Oh, but that... Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, th- uh it was so bad. Uh,
1: it was That's got that's gotten more that's picked up more places. I think the alarms, setting an alarm for each uh plane that crashed and then posting that is arguably uh
0: more confusing to me. Well, let, let get it right, Mike. He didn't just set an alarm for every plane that crashed during 911. He set an alarm for every plane that crashed, and when the when the buildings collapsed, because mm-hmm. there are six of them. So, mm. um, so and and he, he set alarms for them and he labeled them so he wouldn't mm-hmm. be confused when on September 11th six alarms went off within 15 minutes, or or 35 minutes. I I love I, it. That's I,
1: remarkable. I think it's great. The direct thing is I think is I think is just. Solid transition, no issues, well, perfectly it would be- fine with it, whatever you gotta do, and he's got that very sweet voice that always makes it funnier, but the alarms that's a jigsaw for you, which one would you rather do by mistake and i the alarms is baffling. I love it. I'm so happy about it. I'm so glad it happened now now nine eleven is no longer what happened. Until uh, 2001, it is this now what, happened, what happened in 2021 when Keith did those things back to back. I think just excellent, excellent
0: stuff. I, it would be so horribly insulting if he wasn't who he was, and obviously just have no idea how absurd it looked. It, there's no way there's somebody out there who thinks, Oh, he's just like gaming us, he knows what he's doing, he has no idea. He has no idea what, what is he supposed. Are we supposed to believe that he has these alarms set annually or like it's it was performative, no. right? Yes, it
1: was performative. I don't know what the intent was, but I love it. I think I, I like when people tweet through it. And I also like when people don't say anything about it. And he yes. did not, to my mind, say anything about it. At least what I what I
0: saw. He must. Um, he must. I'm delighted not. by it. I'm delighted by the whole thing. I'm so glad it happened. He a, must not a, read his replies because he gets mad when you say bad things about him. He gets very mad. And he must just not read his replies. He must be just so structured in his life that I just I, I can't know. believe it. I don't know. I uh, I just want to say thank you. That's all.
1: <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I he, will never forget when this this happened. I On feel Twitter. like yeah. Main character, Keith. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Def- All right. Back to the rundown
0: Yeah. Definitely main character. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Of course, it <sighs> happened several days ago, but, you yeah, know, definitely worth a mention. Definitely worth a mention. Never forget uh, September 11th, 2021. So, um, John Wall. Once out of Houston. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but as a precursor to this our very own Rick Buker, he of liking the Knicks process. Oh, that's right. Did a podcast before the news about John Wall came out. That was basically a, I love when I listen to people on podcasts do a, like a, an extended tease of something as if I can't just fast forward to find out what you're talking about. So he does a 20 minute podcast, somebody tagged us in it. And the first eight minutes are him just saying, I had the best Ben Simmons trade ever. This is the most, this is the best Ben Simmons trade ever. And he brought up John Wall. And later that day, I think, was when the rumor came out or, or the report came out that the Rockets and John Wall are going to work on a place for him to play. And he is not, he will go to training camp, but this is amicable. He will not play for the team in 2021. I like an amicable version of that. Yeah, it's, It's fine. And you would have to imagine eventually, maybe he gets bought out, and somebody brings that up. Is it? We have we have some emails. We have a bunch of emails. I look. I am. I know. I am the minority. I would be more confident heading into the playoffs with John Wall than Ben Simmons on the Sixers. I don't think you can make that trade, obviously, straight up. But I would not have a problem with taking a shot on John Wall. It, it, the he's only got two years left. So he becomes an expiring after this year. I don't know. I, I only watched him play two games last year. I thought he looked pretty good. I've always liked John Wall. He's not a good shooter, but he does shoot. and He's not horrible. I don't know. Would you take a shot on 31-year-old John Wall? So it's tough. I like John
1: Wall. I enjoy John Wall. I root for John Wall. Um, injury forced him to miss almost two years. Of basketball mm-hmm. came back last year and looked okay not to anyone's uh not game-changing in any way but he had a couple of nice plays to make it look like oh this is the same guy going coast to coast he was so so fast in his prime it was really hard to stop
0: with the ball in his hands he and derrick uh, rose were the two fastest players i've ever seen in their prime i would say he's just it the hope
1: is, and my my hope is I as a as an I'm always optimistic about guys getting good again mm-hmm. or getting good in general. Um is that a year removed from the injury with a full healthy offseason, he can get some of that back for because he's only thirty thirty years One. old, thirty, thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Um get some of that back and 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 have like the last
0: two years of whatever prime he would have had in 2017, 2018 and I would say if we're going to take the positive view of this, yes, he missed two years with the knee injury, but those are also two years he didn't put on his body in terms of like basketball years sure if I'm going to take the positive view yeah. of it you know and he young, was good at one point, like he, he was, was very amazing. good it's, he was it's not like
1: he was he was never one of the five best players in the league, but he was a very good player mm-hmm. and the kind of player that it would be cool to see, uh, playing with Joel, um, contracts big, but like you said, it is expiring after next year. So my perspective trade would be, um, a three team trade where Cleveland gets Simmons Mm -hmm. and Houston gets, uh, Kevin love and Mm -hmm. Seth. We need to trade Seth to make the money work and uh, Jetty Oseman and the Sixers get John Wall Daniel House uh, a first round pick from the Rockets and two first round picks from Cleveland and in that world you get Daniel House who's good as a fine rotational uh, 3 and D guy one year left in this deal and you get John Wall for you get one shot, one year of of seeing what John Wall still has left now over a year removed from this massive injury. And if it doesn't work, then you have a huge expiring contract to then match salary with and also three additional first round picks to then try to package together for a guy that would then replace Wall as your... Or, not replace wall if he didn't work out, but then become the guy that the Sixers are looking for. I think it's, it is a worthwhile shot in my mind. Wow. Um, I'm surprised that you're here. Well, because we're talking about like, if you can get, if you can get John Wall in one pick, then I would say no. But if you can get John Wall in like either two really good picks or three or four fine ones, then, then it becomes the, like that sort of half measure, right? Where, this guy's not available. That's what they're looking for right now. And you, you, you get... This is the sort of split the difference in a way where it's not role players. It's not just Malik Beasley and Torian Prince or whatever. Um, and Or Malcolm Brogdon and, and TJ Warren or whatever. It's like a guy who could... Has all-star level talent. Could get back there. And if it's not, it's also three or four or so first-round picks that they can then package for that guy. And so it is a... Half half of it is a shot a, a shot at this year being good again, seeing what happens. Um, Wall definitely adds an element of penetration that this team doesn't have outside of Maxi. He's a really good passer. People don't give him credit. He, he would immediately be the best passer on the team. Um, but also, as, because there's only a what thirty percent chance that John Wall res, res, becomes the 2017 2018 version of himself, maybe less. That seems because, high. But because I, because of that, then you uh, you still have several picks to to then work with and and trade with and and go from there. So I think it's it's sort of the best of both worlds a little bit in a in a non ideal situation. Like no one's think, saying that the size situation is ideal.
0: I love John Wall. I used to argue that John Wall was better than Russell Westbrook all the time, and then John Wall fell apart. I can't think of a trade that would make Andrew Sharp laugh more than the Sixers trading Ben Simmons for. John Wall for Yeah, words, he but. said
1: he said he would move back in with me. He'd be so yeah. excited.
0: <laughs> now I have another three-team trade that has another interesting wrinkle to it from John. I will get to it right after we talk about. Oh, Buger over here. It, well, tees. but they are live people. There are people watching watching live. By the way, we do the the Wednesday pods. We do them at night. We do them live on YouTube and Twitch. But uh, Adam Kasebi is the official realtor of the process. If you have thought about buying a house right now, boy, it's fucking nuts out there. It's nuts. You need a good realtor. You need somebody who maybe will know about the houses before they hit the market who can get you in there, who can get you the the, the straight scoop when you want to know about bids. Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, is your guy. You got to sell your house. You want to make sure you can get every penny out of it right now because now is the time. You need a good realtor. Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E. You need to refinance. Now's a great time to do it. Mortgage rates are super low. Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E. You see, Kasebe and his team, um, they handle all of Delaware and Maryland. Delaware All of Delaware. And Maryland. Uh, they're based out of Long and Foster and Bethany Beach, but if you want a beach house in Delaware, low property taxes, great time to buy, great place to buy in Maryland. But if you're in PA, New Jersey, wherever you are and you need a realtor, like I did, or if you need to refinance like I did, you go to Cassabi and he will interview them and find a good one for you. He's got realtors all over the place. You see, the market, it's its an interesting time to buy because mortgage rates are low. It's a great time to sell because the market is crazy. But either way you're doing it, you need a good realtor. Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E, 302-864-8643. Call or text 302-864-8643 or email adam at processrealtor.com. Okay. Here is the trade. This came from John. Sixers get John Wall, Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, Wolves first round picks in 22 and 24. Rockets get Tobias Harris, Patrick Beverly, and a Sixers first. And the Wolves get Ben Simmons and Shake Milton. The plus here is that you get off the Tobias Harris contract. You add two first round picks. And in addition to Wall, you add Beasley and McDaniels. I love getting off the Harris contract. The more and more I think about Tobias Harris, who, his middle name is this, is a great guy and uh, has improved, but just drives me fucking bonkers as the starting power forward on this team. I don't mind this deal. I don't mind it. I'll tell you. I like adding Beasley too. I like getting the two firsts. What do you think of this one? I mean, I just think that this, this
1: trade would really mean that the Sixers are not interested in content, in contending this season.
0: And maybe that that is... Um, Unless a star becomes available. Sure. Because they've added two first-round picks in this, right? And, and they have Daniels, who is tradable and all that
1: stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I don't know how...
1: Because because of the trouble that they've had this offseason in making a trade for wh- whether that's the true or or not, if there were trades on the table, we don't we'll never know. But I don't know how you can go to Embiid and go like, "Hey, we traded the second and third best players. We got a guy who is uh, never been in great shit, never taken great care of himself, in John Wall and his body, um, and like Malik Beasley, who's like the fifth best player on the Wolves, who I love, but." There's a football player on one of the worst teams in the league and a couple of big picks. Like, is that exciting? And like Tobias is a great guy. We love him. And also like really important to, I think, the locker room and keeping it together. And that would be just a ton of turmoil um, and really set the team up to fail, I think, in a, in a in a way that would be upsetting to Joel. And I think
0: that you owe it to Joel too go for it every year that he's healthy and he's healthy. Um, I'll I'll tell you what you owe to Joel not to go into a year with Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris as your second and third best players. That's what you owe him. Maybe. I mean,
1: yeah, I think we, we just kind of, I think we, we talked about this last podcast. I'm not saying you did, but I just think generally we forgot too quickly that the Sixers were the, were the number one team in the East last year and going into the playoffs, we were feeling pretty good about it. Tobias is flawed. I would like to see him as a legitimate power forward when there are other ball handlers out there, whether that's Maxi or in a John Wall trade hypothetical, like allowing him to just be the four and not say like, Hey, it's frustrating that you're not taking enough of these shots that we want you to in a quick succession.
0: Um, Yeah. But in that, in that, in that not to interrupt, but in that situation, he's not, he's not like quick trigger guy. So, you know, he doesn't have the ball. He's like one of these guys that needs the ball to be good. But if you're giving him the ball too much, Absolutely. your team isn't good.
1: But that's why you would ideally want Tobias as your third best player. I just think that, you know, in, a, in a, there's a better lineup construction out there for Tobias than, than there was last year. And he had, you know, that there's a reason why he was the guy who carried the bench when Ben and Joel sat is because then he could be, he could be like, there's, there's not a stuffed up paint generally as much for him out there. Um, Cause he can get to the basket and he can, he doesn't get fouled enough. He doesn't seek out contact enough, but he can get he He was the best guy on the team for the longest stretch of the season into the playoffs of like getting his own shot and stopping the bleeding when he needed it and stuff. Um, I don't hate Tobias as much as, as some people do. And I'm also not like rallying behind Tobias forever because he is certainly a flawed, a flawed player. Tobias um, Centrist. Tobias Centrist also. I am Joe Manchin in Tobias land. Just me, me on a houseboat saying things cost too much and not really pitching solutions. That's my role here and everybody likes it. That's
0: why people <laughs> like me so much. That's so it. So James sent an email and I, I don't know if this is likely, especially with how much time he has left, but maybe since they're tanking, I don't know. He says, I was listening to the usual national sports media hacks to talk today about how the Sixers should pursue John Wall. Naturally, I was appalled by this idea, as it would mean replacing Simmons with another poor shooting point guard, although more willing to shoot. Yeah. Though, then I started thinking about, in the event of a John Wall buyout, plus a C-plus Ben trade, we could roll out a a starting five of Wall, McCollum, Danny, Tobias, and Embiid, which would have to be the most talented five-man lineup outside of the Nets. Would you pick that team over last year's Sixers, keeping in mind that this year's starting lineup would project to shoot 27.8 threes compared to last year's 18.6 even when moving Seth to the bench? That would be an interesting team.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a several big assumptions, one that John Wall accepts a buyout when it has been reported mm-hmm. that he wouldn't. Obviously that's could change yep. 100%, but the reporting is that he wouldn't accept a buyout and if a trade doesn't happen during the season then maybe next year he'll accept a buyout but he's mm-hmm. happy to collect 44 million dollars to hang out and talk to some young kids in houston for a while which i don't blame him for at all um and you have to, and the assumption is also that he would want to sign here after a buyout happens um so maybe that's an interesting team i think uh wall is it is can be a good defensive player and hasn't been a lot of the time but certainly can be um CJ then the, the the lifting load on CJ to be like your number one guy isn't as high Tobias is still there to do his tobias stuff Danny in the middle gluing everything <laughs> together and Joel it's a good team that'd be a good team um I think tough to make tough for that uh, reality to present itself but
0: it's a good team I want to say that I would do something extreme and funny if John Wall becomes a Sixer but I can't think of what it is. So I'll I'll keep on thinking about that. We got you know the the last pod we talked about a Phoenix Ben trade. So we got some more Ben emails and I feel like we're doing as what? as you're as you're looking at that. I feel like we're at
1: like a theme park. Uh-huh. When like no one like forgot to turn off the machines like in the middle of the night and like we're just doing the show like Keep dancing going. like spinning around for like no one at all and some once in a while like some janitor walks by and is like this guy's these guys are fucking still doing this they're just like saying the same shit that's how i feel i feel like we're that
0: it's almost um, like they left the chucky e. cheese band on at night yeah almost yeah,
1: yeah. That's who we are. That's what we're doing. Well, <laughs> well and there I feel also there like was a report today that as we were talking about all the things that Tom Moore reported that they, they might just call the bluff. Daryl, Daryl and, uh, expecting expect or... to be in camp, Daryl and Rich Paul, just staring at each other from across the room, holding rulers up to their own dicks I... and seeing which is bigger and who was going to
0: blink first. Uh, yeah. God bless him. I texted someone with the Sixers today and I was like, the Ben Simmons rumors have reached the Keith Pompey Tom Moore situation. We're just we're really all we need is whoever that guy Michael KB is now to have one more report and we'll have the the hat trick um, from Marty. Uh, he says Kia Ora, which means hello from New Zealand. He said, I cannot wait until the day that Ben Simmons' chat isn't in relation to him at the Sixers, but with the current chat and looking back, I had a thought and a resulting question. Do you think that Ben Simmons' struggles come from him suffering from imposter syndrome? And given somewhat similar issues with Markel and, to a lesser extent, Jaleel, what do you think the main issue is that caused this to get to such a degree with these players? I don't know. I mm-hmm. think that our listenership
1: is a generally empathetic bunch, mm-hmm. and so they look at people struggling, whether it's Ben or Markel, and they try to just like really <laughs> like feel for them and like mm-hmm. and and try to like think about what they what's going on in their brain that makes them this way or that um and I think that's admirable mm-hmm. but i i have I have no idea I don't think we
0: can possibly. No. Well, Back. so Markel is the most puzzling one, I think, because it was, it was happened out of nowhere. And I would also say that I, what happened with Okafor only that everybody knew, except for like, everybody knew Okafor wasn't going to be any good. Somehow we, I think we knew it was the most depressing podcast we've ever done. And we've done some depressing podcasts.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot of draft people liked him a lot and it's,
0: it's it was sad. obvious. So yeah. then, then the the Simmons one I think built. I I, I think. What like, if Jokic like couldn't
1: shoot or pass, and didn't even really like wasn't even smart enough to play defense? Let's draft him third overall. Oh, that's you got him.
0: Yeah, that's Jokic. That's Okafor. Oh, Okafor, right? Yeah, not you. Just like
1: post moves for. To no end with no counters and no jump shot and definitely no defense. That was rough. That was a rough pick. One of the worst moments of this podcast, of many terrible moments of this podcast.
0: That was a that laundry, was a laundry list of them. And, yeah. and Ogafor is very, very near the top. I, I actually, now that we're into this pod, I feel like we're really settling into the, the fucking annoyingness of the Ben Simmons situation. Speaking of which, we have a, a, a trade from Chuck that trades for a former process sixer and i will give it to you here we go right, right after. now oh no. no sorry a tease mike who is the official sportsbook of the rights to ricky sanchez podcast uh draft kings sports draft kings sportsbook we love draft Kings sportsbook of course you know, our folks love uh, the the basketball betting, but football betting, that is what everybody fucking loves. And football is back. Of course, the Eagles win 32 to six. They cover, hey. I, I think they're four point underdogs to San Francisco. What's your pick? Six or uh, Eagles plus four. What do you, what's your pick? The
1: Phillies have disappointed me over and over again. Shocking the other
0: 500 again. uh, Remarkable. Yeah. The Sixers
1: are the Sixers stuck in purgatory. No one forgot to turn, everyone forgot to turn the fucking uh, teacups off. Mm -hmm. And I am back to being all in on the Eagles. There you go. Like a total sucker. I I love, I like Jalen Hurts, man. He's awesome. Devontae Smith is the man. They still have some juice on the defensive line. Come on. Let's go. So, so go Eagles birds.
0: plus four is what you're saying.
1: Eagles plus four, 12 and five. Oh let's go. God, you're fucking crazy. DraftKings. The sportsbook. NFC sucks. We got it. Jalen Hurts is just going to
0: get <laughs> it, take us there. QB1. All he's gonna he's gonna two yard pass him all the way to the NFC East. That's fine. That's Draft fine. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You got if you're gonna bet the NFL, you bet DraftKings. Uh, to celebrate the return of the NFL season, bet a dollar on any football game this weekend and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. You don't have to win. That's right. If you're a new customer, two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. When you bet at least a dollar on any football game, DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. I started on DraftKings Blackjack again this week. Love DraftKings Blackjack. Deposit withdrawal at your leisure. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code RTRS to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 2 game. That is promo code RTRS for your free $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. From Chuck, what do you guys think about a Simmons deal? Here's another team we've, we have not heard mentioned, centered around the return of Jeremy Grant, and Killian Hayes, I think Grant fits pretty well with Embiid on both sides of the floor, and could be a small ball five with Embiid on the bench. Killian Hayes didn't have a great rookie year, but I think him and Maxi could be a sweet backcourt. Pistons seem like a team Morey could fleece, and maybe get Sadiq Bay as well. Interesting. Uh, I've I've thought about Jeremy a lot as the still Pistons no guard team. Tough
1: to Killian Hayes, I think is going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be excellent. I think he's going to be a solid player for a long time, but he has a long way to go. Um, so he's not starting on this team uh, and not the guy that you want to be like, hey, Joel, here's your point guard. We got him. Um, and Jeremy is a tough fit in another Tobias, Jeremy, and situation. Would love Jeremy as a, like, but the same thing as Ben, like, Small ball five, like we we keep doing this. We're gonna keep talking about it. You put Matisse Tobias and Jeremy on the court together. That is fine. That could work absolutely. But we got a big old Andre Drummond sitting around that Doc is going to use. Um, so I don't love this trade. Like I like it more as a as a three teamer. I also don't think that Ben is a great fit in Detroit because Cade is all right. The, they're not the same player, but another like tall person that needs the ball in their hands that
0: you don't want playing off ball. um, It's kind of funny though. It seems like a Detroit thing to do to trade for the wrong guy, you know? So could be, it's it's a cool, it'd be, it'd be a
1: very interesting team if, Ben and Kate were playing together, that would be very uh, dynamic and fun. But I I don't think it gives Detroit what they want. I don't think it gives the Sixers what they need. So
0: maybe it's perfect. This email comes from Jonathan and you know what i haven't mentioned stateside we'll make this email brought to you by stateside Um, again black label bourbon right there stateside vodka the official sponsor of the corner three newsletter which comes out on thursday writes rickysanchez.com slash newsletter written by zoe you get the vodka the black label bourbon or the vodka sodas get the uh, party pack vodka. i had one last night they're awesome cucumber cucumber vodka they're awesome They Mm -hmm. are really, really good. They really fucking knocked it out of the the park. 95 calories, three carbs, three net carbs. Uh, Seysawbacca.com. All right. This came from Jonathan. Spike and Mike. I know Spike mentioned him on his list of players arguably preferable to Simmons in the playoffs, but what about a trade centered around Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram? Any team interested in trading for Simmons would be taking some level of gamble on his potential, which is why it doesn't make sense for most good teams to give Simmons, to give the Sixers anything of value. The trade partner would have to be desperate team that still had quality assets and probably sucks at defense. The Pelicans are such a team living in fear of the ticking clock on a Zion departure and unable to stop other teams from scoring. Zion also doesn't seem to love playing with Ingram either. Let the Pelicans sell New Orleans fan base on running a fast break with the two most athletic bigs in the NBA, this side of Giannis. What do they have to lose? Uh, I think they like Ingram. I think that they think of him
1: as a, as a very integral player
0: Really? It felt think very so?
1: weird. Yeah, it felt very weird to me that they just seemed to want nothing to do with Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Ben and Lonzo's skill sets are so, uh, uh, rather similar. You um, think? As far as d- distributing yeah. and playing good defense and not doing a ton of getting fouled and right. finishing. Lonzo's obviously turned himself into a very, very solid shooter and they're they played it. They're different, but as he's far almost as like, like
0: a three and D point guard or something, Lonzo is he's he's they, weird. Yeah, for sure. They
1: might like Kyra Lewis as a guy that they want to give the ball to a little bit more. Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, who who has definitely sh- showed out in spots. I don't know. I think in in the world of of Zion, <laughs> if because of because of how good he is, he's so good on the court that like where he hasn't even really figured out how to do anything yet he's just good by like existing on the court because he's so fast and strong and unstoppable um definitely defensively it would help a lot for them but i if i'm engineering and i don't think that is david griffin their gm yeah yeah i don't think that he necessarily knows exactly what he's doing um he, he's done a weird job very weird I, job but yeah. if i was manufacturing that i would be like really just focus as everyone is like on surrounding him with shooting, like so that the floor could be spaced, so he can throw his massive, sort of refrigerator body into someone, and he can quickly you, get to the basket. If you were the Sixers, would you do it? Um, You'd have again, it's it's a. Right? It's a, it's a t- I don't. I'm not an Ingram guy. He got better than I thought he would, but um, not a great fit with Tobias again. But he'd be fine. It'd be fine. It'd be on the uh, the same level of like at least at least there's growth there, where you hope like he can improve as a, as a catch and shoot guy and continue to like get fouled more and all that stuff. He's a good foul shooter. Like it'd be fine. It'll be a fine trade. I don't think that New Orleans is going to do it, but I think for the Sixers, based on what's out there, it'd be like it'd be okay. He'd be like okay. He's our he's our big him and Tobias is big penetrators. Plus, you go like Maxi, Danny Ingram, Tobias Embiid. Like that's a good team, and and gives Maxi a lot of room to to grow. And but Ingram can also get his own shot, and Tobias can get his own shot, and you can jump into Embiid to get
0: his own shot. So it's not so much responsibility on on Tyrese. Ingram's a weird player to watch because he's a pretty good creator. Like he's pretty good at it. I he's he's just such a strange player. I don't even know who to who to compare him to. You know, like I, I can't tell what his role is on a really good team. I think that's my my biggest question. I'd, yeah, I'd be interested to see him on a really, a really good team.
1: I think he's a uh, lower IQ Paul George, who's also worse at everything than Paul George. But um, but younger uh, and, and could yeah. develop into stuff. He's not as good of a shooter. He's not as good of a defender. He's not as good of a passer. Um, doesn't have the handle. But he's long, and and he's and even though he's skinny, he has that like skinny strength. Um, but not not one of my guys. And I have a lot of guys.
0: He's not one of them. Speaking of skinny strength, I I got asked to be on this uh, music podcast called Back in the Cool Day. I think it'll be on in a few weeks. Ricky listener on the pod, it's like they they talk about like early two thousands emo. But he asked me, he's a a longtime Ricky listener, and he said. I don't understand what smoker's arms means. Mm. I laughed. I credited you with that. And I think Kyrie was the first one that you ever said had smoker's arms. It, I is think that? so. It was, yeah. and it
1: was, at a, it was in the, I think it was in the Boston year, especially because mm-hmm. it looked like it. There was just like a, first of all, I saw Kyrie and I went to a, uh, sparks LA sparks, Seattle storm game at the state at Staples center. A couple of days Kyrie ago. Kyrie was there and Kyrie was there. And so was Victor Oladipo. Mm. Um, and uh, i he doesn't have smoker's arms anymore. I think he's gotten in better shape, but it's like the, it's the like used to have, I mean, honestly, I might have smoker's arms at this point, like used to have muscles and then sort of like let yourself go. So there's this, like a little bit of air in there. And it just feels like the way that a, the arms of someone who smoked cigarettes would look. It's, I don't really know how to explain in a way that makes sense. I don't think I did a good job, but it 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 just... I think it just works, at least in my
0: mind, but I can see why other people would be confused by it. It totally works. It's one of your best things. I, the best way I can describe it is skinny fat arms, you know, like, yeah, you know, but they're that, not, not like of a guy that's like, you know, the big show
1: or something like that. No, not like no, that no, no. Skinny it has fat. to be like a skinny person that yeah. like once had muscles that's now it's not. And it's just sort of like, there's a little bit of like a deflated balloon situation in there. <sighs>
0: Coming up, the soft shit award in a bit, uh, we will get to that. We're going to do a few few leftover questions from the non-basketball Ricky, things we never got to. This came from I'm Not A Cool Guy Anymore on Reddit. He says, name your top five former Philly athlete villains. So who former Philly, uh, Roland obviously would have to be in the top five. Oh, so, right? so like used to play on... A Philadelphia team, and then yes. left and it became, became a, villain. a
1: villain. Yeah, I mean, Roland and J.D. Drew is a uh,
0: is an iconic one. Oh, they never played here. Never played here. Now Worth was one, but I think everybody deep down actually loves Worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it has right. been
1: enough time where it's like, I mean, you want to. He was on the best team, so I'm, mm-hmm. happy. I'm I have nothing against Jason Worth. Um, Jason Worth, like my ideal. Uh, my platonic ideal of a baseball player like tall rangy
0: walk takes walks loved best. free cds when he was here he would oh, always ask us for free cds we gave Nothing him all the free cds he wanted
1: yeah makes me like him more yeah. um i would say you could maybe make an argument for like a demarco murray um oh uh, yeah although like the the villain i the the way I interpret this question is probably better off, like they were here and then they left and became a villain rather than a villain. Yes. But DeMarco Murray is less so because he was on the Cowboys before he got here, so it's less easy. More I mean, more of the case is there's more examples of like guys who were on arrival and then we brought them here and then they sucked. And so that was bad. But uh, I mean Jimmy is
0: is obviously one. Um oh, yeah, Jimmy. And only here for such a brief time. I can't mm-hmm. believe I can't think of these. I mean, Ben will be one for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest ones ever,
1: I would, well, I would imagine, he, if a trade happens. And he's going to take shots after he leaves. Absolutely. Like
0: passive Rightfully so. Shot. And he is, he is well within his right to take shots. You think? Um, well, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Who cares? But I don't think Philly did anything that... Is, no,
1: and they didn't. And we've talked yeah. about this a bunch of times. Yeah, but yeah. I
0: think they're, he's going to get booed very... Uh,
1: very heavily, and then yeah. he can go. I'm better off playing in
0: wherever the fuck. I'm um, trying to think of. It it seems like they are, base like the Philly I keep coming back to the Phillies, and I think maybe it's because there's more free agency in like players leaving for money mm-hmm. in baseball. But it just keeps coming back to Roland and Worth. Like I, I can't even yeah shilling fuck was he was he a villain after i mean he became a dickhead but i i i still think he'd get cheered at like a reunion Mm -hmm. or something maybe all right if if you if you're listening and you have him i'm sure i'll start thinking about him right afterwards kevin cobb (laughs) people are upset oh i don't think anybody hated kevin cobb We're going to give out the soft shit award in just a minute. Mike will give out the soft shit award, which is obviously brought to you by by nature pet food. That's right. By nature pet food. Uh, It's important that we that we eat by nature in this house because there's no soft shit because my my fucking dog still won't let anybody walk him. I got a lot of sympathetic emails about the dog story. Thank you. Obviously, I love my dog so much but he still won't let anybody walk him. So the soft sh- the, him having not soft shit is important. In case something happens in the house, you just, you pick it up and you get rid of it. You see, if you feed your pet by nature, which I do for rebel, uh, he's eating healthy. Your dog, your cat's eating healthy, healthier ingredients, healthier way of cooking it, firmer poops. Come on, we've all had the poop bag. You're walking your dog. You don't want to be scraping it out of the grass. How is it better ingredients? Come on, premium proteins, super ingredients, super probiotics, spinach, blueberries, ginger, coconut oil, all in there, and they cook it slow, slow and low, super fusion. They cook it slow so it stays more nutrient-rich, so your pet gets more nutrients, your pet's more healthy. Look. By nature costs a little bit more than you know the cheap pet food that you're getting, but it is better for your dog, better for your cat healthier ingredients, healthier way of cooking it, never had a recall, family-owned, family-operated, the company that owns By Nature. This is what you have to feed your pet, dog or cat. Um, Take it from me. Just try it. Just try it. Use promo code 20RTRS at Chewy or Amazon. 20RTRS at Chewy or Amazon, you're going to get 20% off your first By Nature order. And then send us a picture, your dog, your cat goes into the good boy or good girl club. By Nature Pet Foods, a sponsor of the rights to Ricky Sanchez, Providence Animal Center, Bark in the Park Run team. We've raised almost $7,000. The event is on October 23rd. If you join our team and raise at least 75 bucks, you get the cool rebel shirt with all the processed pups and um, good boy and good girl club members on the back. Thanks to By Nature um, for helping pay for it along with, um, with Big Barker. By Nature. Code 20 RTRS. All right, Mike. The soft shit award. You know, I thought about giving it to the Phillies because they uh, literally blew the
1: game as we were talking about them disappointing us. Mm. Um, Another blown save, a franchise record. Very exciting. Mm. Um, But we should know by now that this is who they are, so I I won't give it to them. Instead, I'm going to give it to everyone who did not enjoy Keith Pompey's very respectful 9-11 memorial moments and i thought that they were great and we liked them very much and he did a great job and i hope he does it every year
0: <laughs> and never forget please what if every, what he what if he ha- what if those alarms go off every day for him every and day for 20 every, years yeah 365 days a year, he's got 16 straight alarms just <laughs> knocking them out um uh, I- i'm reminded of this uh, uh, because this was a a question we did last pod, the favorite movie in a genre you don't like. And I asked if animated movies were a genre that really upset our artist, Abby, love Abby at dig Rupert on Twitter or, uh, Instagram. She'll do commissions for you. She does all of our, uh, drawings and stuff. She said it is animated is not a genre. It is a medium. And while a lot of animated movies do share similarities, it is not a genre, and it really makes her mad. So I'm sorry, Abby. A big fan of Abby, big fan of Leo, her partner. I'm sorry, Abby. This came from Steve chu 7 on Reddit. Which Sixers player's first name would you use to name your pet? I already have this answer because I tried to do it. Do you have one? Um, Fucking, we got a new front door put in, so there's all these frigging flies and
1: shit. Um, Sounds like
0: a bad door, bro.
1: Well, no. While the door was getting put in, uh, flies came oh, in. Okay. Yes, right. thank you. The door works <laughs> to prevent shit. But when it wasn't on, it didn't work. Yeah, okay. Um, right. Matisse is a good name. Corkmas is a good name. I think it's weird. I, I like the idea of naming uh, your pet after an athlete or a person you like, but then also it's weird in a way because you're like scolding them and like potty training. Are you going to like, am I going to potty train Korkmaz? Like that's a bizarre thing. Um, B-Ball Paul is a good name for a pet. Um, The answer is probably like Matisse or Shake.
0: Shake Um, would be a great
1: name. But I I, think it also is tough.
0: I, at one point, wanted to name Rebel New Orleans and uh, mm. Val did not. She, he looks like a New a- Anybody who's listening right now, Google Rebel, look him up. He looks like a New Orleans. This comes from Ann Boo Dropout on Reddit. What is your favorite book you've ever read? My favorite book I've ever read? Yeah, I have two answers. I mean, I, mean, I have an answer from when I was younger and then an answer for today. I have two answers. Um, I
1: I feel like they're so like of an era of mm-hmm. my life that um, it changes based on years so it's very recency biased. Um, I think I talked about I, re- I read this book by Julia Phillips called *Disappearing Earth* that I really liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked *We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves* by Karen Fowler. I'm just looking at these books on the show
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: uh, oh, I really liked when I was in college. I read the the brief, wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by Juno Diaz that I liked a lot. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah,
0: that's plenty. So when I was a kid, I loved the fan. And A Phantom. Sixers Odyssey
1: by David Reuter. How about there that yeah.
0: How about that? When I was a kid, Phantom Tollbooth was my favorite book. And I think it ages particularly well. And you can read it as an adult, even though it is a child's book. Phantom Tollbooth, wonderful, wonderful book. As an adult, I have my favorite few authors. I don't do a lot of reading. But I do love Fargo Rock City by Chuck Klosterman. Um, It is a, a great, 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 great book. If you like music, if you like Chuck, Fargo Rock City... And um, I love um, Love is a Mixtape, um, which is an incredibly sad book and a true story. Rob Sheffield, the music writer, tells the story of him and his wife who passed away, but it is broken up into mixtapes that they made each other. And it is a as a mixtape uh, connoisseur um, and also a... Um, person who likes sad things it is a sad love story love is a mixtape is a very good book chuck klosterman i believe uh kill a Cal bully chuck klosterman is who you're talking yes. about right who told yes. him to you tell him to die well he what did said he say? the the podcast is not called does music exist it's right, right, called right. music exists yeah what, did he kill a cow? Yeah, that's right. He thought he killed a cow. That's right. That's I mean, he was, was. he was on the pod with us for 100 minutes, and finally he had had enough when, yeah. when we asked if music exists. That? He didn't think it was funny. From the Killer Bees on Reddit, if you could be elite in one skill, what would it be and why? Mm. I would love to be an elite guitar player. I never will be. I just, I've, I've hit a... a uh, peak, and I'm never going to get any better at it. But I would love to be elite at playing guitar. Uh,
1: I would like to be an elite shooter. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not good. CJ is now saying that uh, everybody is saying uh, to in the chat.
0: People We're still, still love to. People still love to. Always love like to. And also, that's he's not a villain.
1: He P- people got was mad he at in Donovan. Dallas before or after? After it was after. Okay, it was San Francisco before? Yeah. That's a good answer.
0: Well, but I, I think in in the Donovan versus T.O. thing, unfortunately and unfairly, because T.O. gets—T.O. destroyed that fucking team. And Tio, people love T.O. I understand he was a great player, but he doesn't get nearly the amount of criticism for what he did that he should get. He destroyed that team. And I, the reason I don't think he was a villain is because I think people here always loved him, not even secretly. They, they just, they they just loved had them. so
1: many bad receivers for so long, and then he comes and plays mm-hmm. so well. And then it was
0: like such a short amount of time for that to mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. Um, also, would love to be elite at whacking off. <laughs> I just the phrase whacking off. I just thought would be hilarious right there. Um, From Slam Hinky on Twitter, when you load the dishwasher, utensils, head up or head down? So, I am
1: actually elite at loading a dishwasher. Um, We didn't have a dishwasher for six or seven years. Oh, man, that is tough. Um, So, I was the dishwasher and still am. But I am, because I was a PA, and like office PAs you get good at fitting all in there. And I am great and I'm excellent. And to the point that when we dog sat for John and Colleen and I got engaged, uh, they had to ask us like, who did that? Who loaded our dishwasher? Because this is the best thing that they've ever seen. And I'm really good at it.
0: So utensils head up or head down. Utensils head up for sure. For sure.
1: Okay. I spaced out in like a proper way so they can get clean. So they're not getting like blocked by something else. It's an art form.
0: You know, I'll do a Ted talk. I love my wife so much. She doesn't clean the fucking dishes enough before she puts them in the dishwasher. You got to rinse them. You got to rinse them. You have to. Dishes 101. You can't just shove them in there. Well, and the the food's going to get caught in the the drain. And then I got to call the the plumber and it's $200 every time. Uh, From Milkman406 on Reddit, what is each of your favorite albums and TV seasons of 2021? I know my favorite album I barely watch any TV anymore. I don't have an answer for that. But my, my favorite album is uh, Wild Pink's A Billion Little Lights. It's a great album. Uh, John Ross, the singer, came on Carl Andrew Record Club uh, very early it's in, in its existence. But I love Wild Pink and I love that record. If They're on tour now. If you can see them, go see them. Uh, I don't have a TV show. What do you got? Uh,
1: I def- I probably. I think the only album from this year that I've listened to has been Drake's album and it was okay Um, this year TV show I'm only a couple couple, I saw more episodes but Reservation Dogs on FX is really interesting and Mm -hmm. uh, a a funny uh, scenery for a comedy that you would not really see at a a Native American reservation Um, and so I've been enjoying that Uh, Bachelor of Paradise has been really good this year that's true, and I like and I've liked the season of Real Housewives of New York, even though people haven't liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a delightful life seeing those fucking lunatics be around each other. I love them. I love them all, even even when Ramona's being anti-Semitic. I don't care.
0: I love it. Um, let's do two more from Morgana Phillies fan one eighty one on Twitter. What was the theme of your bar mitzvahs? I once went to a bar mitzvah with a legendary hip hop. Where where the legendary hip hop Little G made an appearance. The sure. early two thousands were a wild time. Uh, um, mine was predictably basketball.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, each table was a different uh, player f- famous at the time. Um, but I didn't want to be like everybody else and sit at the Iverson table, so I feel like I tell this story in the pod before. But I sat I at the Tracy, Tracy McGrady table because oh, okay. um, he's the man, and that was cool, and he's awesome.
0: Uh, I was not bar mitzvahed. I didn't go to Hebrew school. I've, I've been a, a religion-less person though. The older I get, the more I wish I wasn't. Uh, but I have, and I've only been to two bar mitzvahs. My cousin Alec, who had his at Citizens Bank. You've only Park. been to
1: two bar mitzvahs? Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Cause, yeah. cause you went to Episcopal, right? Yeah. But there were tons of Jewish kids there. There were? Yeah. Hmm. More wow. Jewish kids than Episcopalian kids. I'll tell you that. Um, I've been I, to, I would say I've been to upward of 100 bar bar mitzvahs. And how about this? I was never at a bar mitzvah as a kid. That's why. So That's my cousin Alec, so one bar mitzvah, my cousin Alec had it at Citizens Bank Park. It was just like <laughs> sports. Mike, what are you laughing at?
1: You had a bar mitzvah at Citizens Bank Park?
0: Yeah. It's the most well, like... Rich kid thing I've ever heard in my life oh no it was cool like there weren't tons of people there it was it was like you can have it you can rent out like the um whatever that club level is um you can like rent it out it's like the same as uh, the the most honestly and then my uh bot mitzvah my cousin Avery same family but I got hired once to do the intros at a bar mitzvah and that was the wildest thing i've ever seen so it was flyers themed and it was at a country club in radnor which if you want to talk i looked at this thing it's like a fucking wedding i mean th- this thing must have cost thirty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars it was do you, did you see like a lot of things like that like i've I've never uh, I had, i'd never been to them so i hadn't seen it was the first one i was ever at it was crazy i definitely
1: went to a couple like gaudy bar mitzvahs but
0: not a ton. Most of them were just at the synagogue.
1: Um, but definitely people have
0: have go, go all out for it, for sure. That's wild. And final one from Ben Owens22 on Twitter. What is your favorite Tarantino movie?
1: Uh, well, it's definitely not the last one. John Gonzalez fucking looms it over my goddamn head all the time. Uh, I, that one sucked. Oh, no, you didn't um, like it? I thought it was no, good. No, it blew.
0: Yeah. What's the kind um, of time in Hollywood you're talking about? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I liked. I like *Inglourious Basterds*. I, um, I like *Pulp uh, Fiction*. I like *Reservoir Dogs*. I don't know that I love any of them. But I like I like most of them, but I really did not like uh, *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*. Hmm.
0: Really. I thought it was. I like anything with Brad Pitt. I liked watching Brad Pitt. So. Yeah, he's good. Um, my favorite one—it depends on who you talk to—whether they count it—is True Romance. But he didn't direct it; he only wrote sure. it. Tony Scott directed it, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I—I I actually think it's better than the ones he directs because it. Like it's not so in love with the dialogue that the movie just goes on and on and on. But I would say of the ones that he directed as well, I would say Inglorious Bastards is the one that I like the best. And that and the first Roy Kill
1: love. Bill is quite good.
0: Yeah, the Kill Bills are are fun to watch. They're wild. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe the next pod uh, Ben Simmons will get traded. Who knows? Could be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or there's an Evan Turner rumor.
1: We're gonna keep going through the. <laughs> that draft going through the draft boogie cousins i still have the uh my uh my note my questions for uh michael bivins on my on my sheet should where i should i, take I notes. reach out and try that again i can't just, imagine we've been through so much email them when was the last email it was in march i have hmm. them here. i have them right here still have them just le- le- just leering at me so i'm going to i'm going to try this again i don't like, think my questions are very good i don't have anything <laughs> really interesting to ask him cuz they reached out to us right his
0: his he manager he did and then when it didn't work and he he like called me or something that didn't work they were like all right when's the next one we did the next one It just didn't show up again great stevens <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Anytime. We got. We're we're down to Bivens. Yeah. Back to Bivens. Me, That's the name of
0: our our new album. Back to Bivens. You. Um, All right. We'll talk to if you, you don't uh don't this weekend. Me. Are you down with TTP? Then yeah. You know. You. Click if face. If you don't fuck with
1: me, then I will fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me,
0: then I will fuck, fuck you. with you. But if you fuck with me. I'm gonna Nick. fucking get you! Time for